You, you're finally awake. Hello and welcome to the Politics of Skyrim. I'm your host, Connor, joined by the Imperial on my right, Josh. Greetings, citizen. Harry? I am a pirate. Yes, or the sea shanty from RuneScape. Fantastic. Yes, and and local reach man. <laughs> Skyrim clearly belongs to the Force One. This entire podcast was inspired because we had a bit of an office disagreement over who was right in the Civil War. Josh, obvious in which side he took for all of our... Yeah, the, the, the correct side. Okay, right. Um, Harry originally agreed with me in that Skyrim belongs to the Stormcloaks, and since his reading is going to be a filthy fence-sitter, I think. I'm not a filthy fence-sitter. I'm entirely on the side of the Empire. Listen, there's nothing to do with our gold. We didn't pay him off at all. (laughs) I used to be a proud son of Skyrim, but then I realized it would be much smarter if the proud sons of Skyrim didn't divert the resources of the only people who are between them and the Thalmor fighting a a basically pointless war for now, because even if they win, the Thalmor get what they want because the resources of the empire have been diverted, completely <laughs> wasted. They can f- uh, fold over, steamroll the empire up until the borders of Skyrim, at which point all of your resources have also been similarly destroyed. And then you're screwed because you wanted to play silly buggers looking for independence at a very imp- uh, improper time. Allow me to uh, build upon this. So my argument for why the empire is right is that um, the, the Falmor and the High Elves more generally are banning the worship of Talos. We know Talos is real because in the Knights of the Nine DLC, <laughs> summoned oblivion, up yes. in, in, in Oblivion, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so engrossed in the Elder Scrolls universe. Sorry, I'm just watching uh, the local man try and drink. Local reach man, this is what happens when you take a barbarian and try this and is why you lost your society. This is why you lost your homeland. This is why we intern you in Sydney Mine this forever. Is, <laughs> this is why Markarth only had Force One rule for about two years before, before Ulfric smashed yeah, it. it was because you guys were too busy <clears throat> failing to drink from mugs. But anyway... It was a, it was a, it was a virtuous rule, mm-hmm. if you know anything about the law. Back, back to my case. So, obviously, Talos is real, real god. He summons you up. He gives you a holy weapon. And he gives you the the only means to defeat. Uh, uh, is it Umaril? Someone like that. Some I think that's the name. I think but that's the name. Big baddie, and only through his divine power can you defeat this this boss. So we know from the, the law of also of the Talos, Elder Scrolls. Talos was just Uriel Septim the first. Yes. Who then ascended to godhood through his heroic deeds? Exactly, and I, I support this notion. I mean. The empire is built around the emperors, and because they have actual divine power in that they are dragonborn, there is a, a legitimate case for it. And so I feel like I've proven that Talos is real because there is evidence of it. In, the in, Falmor are spreading fake news, clearly. Yes. Um, yeah, don't trust Big Falmor. Um, and yes, Tal- Talos is real, and his worship should be allowed. And so the problem here is that the, the war that precedes Skyrim. Um, where it was men against elves, um, the, the Nords were fighting am- amongst, um, or alongside, should I say, Wolfric the Imperials. Himself was an Imperial so- soldier. And they were fighting the elves, and so turning on your brethren after you've been defeated in war, I think is quite a cowardly thing to do. And I, I actually think that the best chance they have of restoring Talos worship, which is the thing that started the civil war in Skyrim in the first place, is by joining your forces of, of all of the men against the elves, right? Because, of course, 
if they were defeated once when it was all of men against the elves, then how are they going to win again when it's just Skyrim? It seems like Skyrim versus the world. I mean, it's like Germany declaring war on the world. It didn't go well for them, did it? And uh, I think the, the, the nationalism and taking your country back and the sovereignty is all well and good. But if you are unable to worship a god whose divine power is provable, then you're making a compromise that isn't worth it. The divine is more important than national sovereignty when it comes to you know a real god who yeah, you so should be worshipping. My brethren are the greatest in Skyrim for this reason. You're just taking the Forsworn side. Yeah, I am a Forsworn. Yeah, right? but where do the Forsworn really sit on the Civil War? They're kind of well, in a they're pointless the, they're, independent faction they're, they're, that have nothing to do with it. They are the ethnic... Uh, men of the reach they have been rooted out by evil men like yourselves this is just called imperialism I, I, I as a member of a noble Scottish family I know this very well that the old the ways Scottish the old ways are the right ways and you know basically I, I we had a big battle yesterday on this table about tradition and I am a traditionalist as you can see and <laughs> I was the one conservative bulkhead against the rising tide of progressive, the 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 uh, roasty, the roasty redemption mafia, um, <laughs> the roasty redemption mafia. That led sounds by, like the worst hip hop collective I've ever heard. <laughs> led by Yal Yal Benjamin <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his little boy Connor, and I came away from it thinking, you know what, modern society, what's what what is this about? And I went back to the hills. I went back to where my brethren would have would have been the naked men of the Forsworn. And I said, <laughs> well, they have to be naked. And I said, this is this is the right way. Don't don't the Nords ethnically predate the Forsworn in Skyrim? No, the Forsworn the Forsworn were there first. Right. Do you, do you have anything of relevance to add to the Civil War discussion? <laughs> only only that the Forsworn were completely fair to take advantage of it and take back Markov when they did. All right, nothing of value was gained in that outburst. <laughs> Force one did nothing wrong. <laughs> so, so that's Roy's position. But, but a few things on on the original argument for the Imperials. Um, first of all, I think the mechanics of Skyrim being, I think, one of its main faults is that your player character is a god in every single domain, and so you are the X factor in the Civil War. So, no matter what faction you pick, you are victorious because you are the direct descendant of. Cyberceptum, you are one of the Dragonborn. And so you're basically unkillable warrior Jesus. Yes, but having tried this myself after a, a few squeak, uh, sneaky quick saves, um, if you do try and face down an army purely by yourself, you are going to get wrecked. That's only if you aren't high enough level. Well, I, I am quite high level, but still, I, last night I completed the main quest and I was at school, the, the one that you go to before you go into the portal to Sovngarde, right. and uh, there were a lot of high-level Draugr, and if I let them all gang up on me in a corner, um, then they wrecked my S. Okay. The, but, but if you had a very high-level army made up of multiple Tullius types, just having the Dragonborn there would probably not sway the tides. Especially as well if you had all of the Thalmor who are all quite high level and have mages and priests of their own who can do all sorts of magic. Okay, but let's let's speak purely theoretically here. If you max no, out No, I deal in the concrete, not okay. in your abstract. Calm it. If you max out pure pure if you max out your level and then you can become 
the whisperer or the listener or whatever it is for the Dark Brotherhood. So you are the agent of Sithis. You're the Dragonborn. Oh, you can become eyes. head of the Thieves Guild. You can become the Archmage of the College of Winterhold and an ambassador for every single Daedric Prince wielding their demonic weapons. All at once with no penalties and no drawbacks, unlike yes, in other but, RPGs. But Bethesda's RPG design was somewhat lax, let's say. Sure, uh, but, but, but you've got to kind of take that into account when you realise that the Dragonborn is the X Factor in the Civil War. So therefore, whichever faction they join, they ultimately strengthen the faction. Well, so, in, in that case, if we're going to take game design into account as a factor in this, I'm going to say you have been taken in by Bethesda's emotional rhetoric. Because from the very start of the game, what does it do? It positions you with the Stormcloaks. You are on Ulfric's uh, uh, cart that he's been taking to his execution. The first thing the game does is position you against the Imperials. It biases your perception of the conflict by making it so the first thing that's about to happen to you is the Stormcloaks are about to die by your side. The leader of the Stormcloaks is about to be honorably executed alongside you while the Imperials are about to kill you for basically no reason, because you happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you don't have the context of the greater battle, the greater war that's going on at the time, to colour your view of what's actually happening, which is that Tullius has received the perfect opportunity to end the war before it goes too far and drains all of the Empire's resources fighting a pointless war up north. And the Thalmor um, interrogator, who's there as one of the main people at the embassy, what's her name? Ellen Wynn. Ellen Wynn is there to try and stop him because she knows that having Ulfric alive means the war carries on, ruins more resources from the Empire. She is there specifically to stop it. And he, Tullius, wasn't going to. And it's only because Alduin shows up at the last, <clears throat> excuse me, at the last minute that means that Ulfric doesn't die, the war doesn't end right then and there, and the Empire can go back to amassing its resources for the inevitable second phase so of the Great War. I have something to build up on here. My, my pirate mercenary colleague here makes a good point. And um, to, to kind of, before I forget to mention it, um, to bring stability to the Great Empire, one must mod it. That, um, <laughs> that is how you, you improve the, the, the balance, right? You, you bring balance to the Empire by installing mods that change the damage modifiers. Finally, we agree on something. Yes. Um, any less than 140 and you are weak. Your, your empire is going to disintegrate. You need many, many mods. But on the character of Ulfric, because uh, bringing this back to the Civil War, and rather than uh, you know, the, these, these petty video game politics things, um, Ulfric, if you actually go down the, the Stormcloak questline, you, you get to learn Which a, a bit of it. Which I did the first time I played uh, the game. Uh, we all make mistakes, don't we? And uh, I did the same. And uh, you get to get a bit of a, a character of the man. and Racist. Well, perhaps. But um, They don't treat the Dark Elves all that well. But no. it, to be fair, in the Grey Quarter, the head of the Nissus Corner Club is an Imperial spy. Like He does have Imperial armor and a weapon and the book about the Third Era in his attic. So I, I wouldn't shout at them in the street either. But I'm not saying that he has no reason to be suspicious of foreigners in his city. I mean, I think we can all be quite sympathetic to that perspective. But anyway, um, he basically admits that he has ambitions for the throne. It's not about Skyrim, it's about him. He only cares about it, and he actually takes credit. The Dragonborn does all the hard work. He sits on his ass the whole time in um, Winterhold, I know he called it Winterfell, um, and you go out and do... It's Windhelm. Windhelm. Damn. 
Winterhold's the other one, isn't it? That's yeah, where the colleges. Yeah, sorry. I'm more more of a serial man White myself. Run. No, Ulfric's in Winterhold. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm all about you. But, um, oh. Yeah, he's he's obviously got ambitions to become king. He he has the power of the voice. He sees himself as comparable to that of the empire emperor, and so that's why he murdered the emperor. And um, we well, murdered High King Torig, not the Emperor. But the Emperor does get killed. Yeah, you can murder the Emperor. And that's a him. very valid point, tying back into my original argument about the ability for the, the player character to be basically the god of everything, is that if you do go down and you max out the game, the Empire is going to be in an inevitably weak and vulnerable uh, situation anyway. So it, it, without its Emperor, who's going to fill the, the void there? Me. Uh, okay, are you going to give a serious answer at any point? <laughs> I've already been giving serious answers. I, I throw one joke and then you try and colour the rest of my arguments so far. Typical rhetoric coming from a Stormcloak subversive traitor. What can I say? I've got the power of the voice. But anyway, <laughs> sorry to derail. Yeah, so I, I think that Ulfric's motives are, are questionable because, of course, he seems very self-interested. He's more than happy to capitalise on your hard work. Let's not forget that there was already a moot prior to the events of the game that he was involved in where all of the other Jarls chose not to vote for him anyway, which suggests that most of the Jarls, or at least enough to sway a majority, didn't trust him in a leadership role for the whole of Skyrim. And I, I think that's a correct presumption to make because there are lots of people who raise the questions, even amongst the Stormcloak camp, about his actual dedication to the cause. And I think that it's a doomed cause because it is, you know half of Skyrim versus the entirety of Tamriel. How are you going to win? It's not going to happen. It's, I, I'm not going to side with a doomed rebellion. I'm not going to have sympathy, particularly when, strategically, it is a suicide mission. Do you have sympathies for the Force One? You have a place in my empire, in, in slavery, um, in the mines. But you'll be able to live. Hey? You'll be, be able to stay alive. We won't kill you. If you don't kill us, do you not think that their 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 cause is justified? You're weird, subversive barbarians. They're not subversives. We well, are. No, you yeah. actually you are because they they get enmeshed with the Silverbloods, who well, yeah, that, basically you know, run all the banks. We're, and sort, that we're sort of we're sort of victims in that sense, you know. Like, yeah, it's still so, so you're being used as, like the Scottish. You're being used as a fifth column to subvert Skyrim from the inside. Yeah, but you know. Hopefully one day they'd create some version of the SMP. Hopefully. <laughs> that's not, that's not any FNP. better. You'll end up with a Thalmor in charge. <laughs> wow. Rory, think, um, uh, I mean, Reachman. Uh, yes. Think, think of it like this. In the Empire, we, our, our Empire stretches across many different geographical areas, many different peoples, and we try and hold it all together. We don't try and genocide people, but look at, will you, will look you... at the Nords and the Stormcloaks. They won't have sympathy for you. They've already wronged you before. Will you allow the Force One to continue to worship Hercene, the god of the hunt, and to uh, be given blessings by the mummy crones? No, but they won't, though, because you the, worship the what? Sorry. The, the mummy... Hag ravens. Ha the, the, the hag ravens. You know the one yes. that you slept with on a night out? Got <laughs> yeah, really yeah. drunk with sanguine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they won't because Daedra worship is forbidden within the Empire. Why? So, because Why? they don't, because they're antithetical to the eight, nine, it should be, divines. And so, because the Daedra didn't participate in creation, whereas the eight divines were, did and were a product of it. So they're seen as the spawn of the force of entropy 
And so all Daedra worship has to be quashed for none to continue to exist. As long as you don't worship Mehrunes Dagon, we're, we're all good. No, He's her, the bad her, her guy. Her our principal god. The god I don't know, so, some of the others seem a bit weird as well. Mira the cannibal. Yeah. Yeah, but her, just just a, a god of hunting. Her scene I don't is mind. one of the and least bad ones. I mean, we're cool, man. Like, oh, okay, all right. But the werewolves also. Um, this is. We, Are you going to make ha- an argument that they're part of the food chain? No, no, no. Um, it's part I, of cycle of life. We, they they we, respect we ha- nature. That we have some intel that um, the companions who do a lot to to guard the people of Skyrim from ill um, have some connections to to werewolves, and so they, they serve a noble purpose. Also. Um, Azura, um, the Daedric goddess, is the, the goddess of light and, and fighting the undead. So they're not necessarily inherently bad. And um, even if Mayrune Stegen is basically Satan, and Molo Ball yes. as well, is there not? Yeah. Like, is there not an Adra that the Forsworn worship? I don't believe so. I think there is. I think there is. Would you like me to look it up to be to, to, con- to consult the scroll? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> consult the ancient text. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just looking at game FAQs right now. One of the uh, most reliable sources of knowledge that we have in the empire, um, and it's saying here that they worship Hercene, as you say. But the further back in time you go, the distinction between Adra and Daedra becomes more and more fuzzy. And less distinct. Well, that's because the Aedra and Daedra are part of the same pantheon of gods until creation itself happened, and the, the Daedra didn't participate. That's when they splintered off. So that's when they picked their sides. So I'm I'm with the vigilance of Stendar on this and cleanse all of the Daedra worshippers. So typical fundamentalist beliefs. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Destroying. There's destroying no see. That's the groups. problem with you and your kind, Connor. It's, <laughs> you've no sense of pragmatism. There is what's necessary and there is maybe what is virtuous, but sometimes these two things do not overlap with one another. Obviously, were the Empire to have their own way in it, then they would not have outlawed the worship of, uh, of Talos. They don't want it. General Tullius himself frequently makes it clear that he wants to worship Talos. When you go to the end of the Imperial quest line, if you choose their side as part of the Civil War, uh, Legat Ricker, uh, Ricker, is that yes, her name? Yes. She will th- uh, give Ulfric a prayer to Talos as he's dying, and Tullius will ignore it. He will say, what was that? And he'll just pretend he didn't hear it. Obviously, the Empire's sympathy are with the worship of their traditional gods. But practically speaking, for the time being, you have to, you have to make compromises. The Empire was stretched so thin by the end of the Great War that they only just managed to secure one minor victory that gave them a slightly better footing at the negotiating table. It secured them 30 years of peace at the compromise of banning Talos worship. But they know for a fact that they're going to have to go back into battle with the second half of the war when it resumes. Basically, imagine that you're in early 1910, well, early 1920s. You know that you're in the interwar period. You know that there's going to be a second half to this conflict. Imagine you have that foresight. These people, like Tullius, know, have that foresight. And they say that most the reason that the Empire doesn't just come in and crush the Stormcloak Rebellion right then and there is because most of their forces are stretched thin. Most of them are positioned at the border of the Aldemiri Dominion because they have to be. They know what's coming and they know that if they can rally their forces together that they can win and then they can go back to worshipping Talos and doing whatever they want. But for the time being, an uneasy peace has to be administered. So part of the part of the question here that's at a deeper layer is is the Stormcloak cause a righteous one, not just a practical one? And is the Empire itself desirable to exist? 
can you have a project that spans across Tamriel trying to unite all of the different races which have a completely different conception of the same cosmology? So part of the problem that you have with the elves and the men is the men worship one of the gods as Shaw. This is uh, Lorcan, from whose heart was in Morrowind that the Dwemer used to build their giant robot god that disappeared them. Um, the men worship Lorcan as Shaw, and he has a seat in Sovngarde because he, they attribute him with creation of men, whereas the elves revile Lorcan because they see him as kind of a Gnostic demiurge that made the material realm and stopped them from being reimbursed back into Auriel as pure spirit. That we are superior to men is an established fact. You can't reconcile those traditions under one empire because you've got too many ethnic and religious tensions. So is it not preferable for Ulfric to take an isolationist approach with the Dragonborn as his champion to defend Skyrim and leave the rest of the empire and the old Merry Dominion to their own devices? But isn't Ulfric's case just being concerned about Skyrim, not a just one? What's any indication that the old Merry Dominion are going to leave them to their own devices? That's the question. You're talking about isolation in a perfect world where everybody respects your isolation. It's the leave me alone, I just want to grill brand of politics. I'm not saying that respect. It, where, whereas your next door neighbor is looking over your fence going, I don't like how he's grilling. I might have to go over there and change that. I won't say they'll respect it, but I don't think they'll be able to beat the Dragonborn. So if the Dragonborn decides to be the standard bearer of the How long are you able to rely on the Dragonborn? The Old Miri Dominion is an empire that's going to last for a long, long time. The Dragonborn has a limited lifespan. I mean, we don't actually know how limited his lifespan is, but you can presume that he's going to die at some I can get killed point. by a skeever if I let it hit me enough. He has got a limited <laughs> lifespan. You might be able to, but again, if you max out your level, you're probably going to be all right. Once again, I didn't, in the course of my most recent playthrough, I did not manage to max out my level, but I got to the point where I could massacre, just for just on a whim, uh, most of Whiterun, just because just I felt like it, without taking barely any damage. So I think I was pretty well-equipped to be able to deal with most of the challenges the game put ahead of me. But once again, if the Dragonborn, that being the former Emperors, the Septim line of the Emperors, each of them had a limited lifespan. They didn't live forever. They lived until their old age, but then they died. How long are you going to be able to rely on the Dragonborn's protection? Is it genetic, the Dragonbornness? It does. It, it, it is. Just don't you have kids in the Hearthfire DLC? If I only adopt, right. technically. Ah, Polly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, our character is somewhat sterile. Yeah, I mean, Bethesda, add, add sex next I think, time. I think one of the difficulties... As you're as Bane. I think one of the difficulties is that we're trying to square the circle of the law as presented in the game and the gameplay design that Bethesda implemented in the game, which inherently always creates some contradictions because people have to be far, far stronger or far weaker than they should be, and a lot of people have to act stupid for the sake of facilitating decisions that your character makes. It's also the deeper moral question of, are you justified in compromising your values to make a temporary alliance with the Empire when it outlaws your god, which you know to be true? So should you just keep your head down and suck it up for the sake of pragmatism versus should you be faithful to said god because you know he exists. There are um, imperial outposts and things that do actually have secret Talos um, altars. Uh, I'm not sure whether this is a mod, because I have modded the game a lot, and the, the lines are blurry there, between vanilla. There are some mods that greatly expand the Civil War experience, like adding mm -hmm. more outposts, adding blockades down particular valuable supply routes, etc., to make it... Because often in the world as it's presented in Skyrim, 
feels like the only time that there is a civil war going on is when the story explicitly points to there being a civil or war. Or you do the battles in the cities, because originally you, you were meant to be able to do a battle in each of the cities. There were meant to be giants involved. It was meant to be a much more expansive questline, but Bethesda being Bethesda rushed the development towards the end. Yeah, there's a lot of cut content that you can still find. It is Bat- where battles oh. were awful. I remember that. I thought they were quite good for the time. The White um, Run was pretty good. But they weren't like it's twenty. It's, it's twenty eleven gaming mm. that we're talking about, and obviously it's more expansive and a lot better presented than some of the stuff in Oblivion was because Oblivion it has its own magic in the presentation. Editor, flash up some clips <laughs> of your typical interaction in Oblivion. What is it, citizen? Long live the Empire. <laughs> Two of the afternoon watch and all's well. Well met. Come, warm yourself by our fire. Farewell. Can I help you? And I will say that they improved that to a certain extent. There is still some of the Bethesda magic I did in the course of my most recent playthrough Yes, get yeeted into the sky by a giant smacking the me. The Skyrim space program is one of the best quirks of the game. <laughs> it really is. There were also a few there were a few things. One, one of the first things that I did as I was escaping from uh, Helken at the beginning was I tried to jump somewhere in the dungeons and the sewers that you go through that the game didn't want me to and immediately got stuck on the geography. Oh yeah, you and, can fall through the map as well. And, and couldn't move, so I thought to myself, ah, even in the special edition, they've still not fixed that then. I managed to dislodge myself by dropping everything I had beneath me and dragging myself out of it, which I'm <laughs> glad worked. Um, Speaking of things you can't move, Lydia, doorways. Oh, that's happened quite a few times. I will say, though, I I really appreciate Lydia because she was with me for my entire journey. And by the end of the journey, I'd uh, kitted her out with some pretty nice Nordic carved armor. Still no gratitude for whatsoever. I I am sworn to carry your burdens. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not having you as my companion, you you sarky little bitch. I don't know. I was (laughs) I was handing her some of the most high level gear that you could get for the time and she still didn't care but you know I still love her so you know love is, <laughs> love is blind what can you say I will at one point go through the marriage quest line and choose her just for the sake of it but also in Riverwood I was coming out of one of the taverns after speaking to Delphine who I hate she's an awful character everyone hates Delphine I'm not killing <laughs> Parthenux you can stick that request where the sun don't Absolutely. shine but came out of the tavern where she resides in and there were a load of, I think it was the cultists from the Dragonborn. Yes. They tried to kill me and walking past was Sven from Riverwood and who, who I'd already set up with that woman. You chose Sven? Yeah. Why? He seemed like a nice guy. He tried to forge a letter to say that Feindol was a dick. Yeah, he is. <laughs> what evidence have you got for that? She's got a vibe. <laughs> I always thought it was the other way around. I thought it was Feindel. Yeah, I thought. I, I, yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm pretty certain the quest was the opposite way around. No, Sven gives I, you the quest first, then you either go way, and tell Feindel. Feindel forges his own letter and is also a dick. So you give neither letter to Camilla and then you go with her instead. I had no interest in her. I, <laughs> either way, he pulls his sword out, tries to help me, immediately dies. Right. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I kill them. I fast travel out, go and do other things. And then as part of it, because I use Riverwood as one of my go-to places for forging, to, for the restock of iron ingots and to sell things. I come back. They've moved the cultist corpses away and I don't know, buried them or thrown them in the river. Sven's still there. And as I, <laughs> as I walk up to him, Camilla, who I set him up with, walks past, looks at him and goes, damn shame. And walks off. <laughs> Woman moment, even in Skyrim. And every single person does. Very immersive. Every single person does the exact same thing. And I felt terrible for the lad because they just left his corpse to rot in the street. So I moved the cabbages off of the cabbage cart <laughs> in the middle of the street and dragged his corpse and plopped it there instead, <laughs> directly in front of Camilla's front door so she can know, so she can be reminded every time. And she doesn't care. She just walks over. Ah, a dead body. It's very Monty Python. Just chuck him on a corpse cart. <laughs> yeah. Bring out your dead. So there is still some beautiful Bethesda-ness in this game. By the way, I've just remembered that in the Civil War quest line, you can loot the dead Imperials, and sometimes they'll have an amulet of Talos on them, just saying. Sure, and I understand that they're concealing their worship, but does it not compromise their moral case? for the fact that they know the god exists and yet they are denying it for... Bless you. Oh, God. <laughs> Some of that Nern root getting every, up every, Everything's like 20 times louder in here. Like, really, <laughs> How's really that really mask good. working for you? Oh, horrible, man. <laughs> to watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.